Hey, welcome to the Crystal Crawford Show. This is Access Consciousness Tools for Your Earballs. You got your eyeballs, you got your earballs, you got your mouthballs. We could just go on and it would just get super dirty, so I'm just gonna stop there. But uh, for those of you guys I haven't met yet, I'm Crystal Crawford and I'm an Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator. And um, I don't know if there has ever been more generative excitement in my world about choosing to be a facilitator on the planet right now. So I'm really grateful that you're here with me. And um, I call today's show Pain. Is it real or a choice you won't acknowledge? And I, every single week I go live right before I do, if you're on my email list, I will ask you if you have any questions about this. And I'll be honest with you, when I, when I created this topic, in my mind, in my world, I was thinking emotional pain. Like, you know, emotional pain. Like, I don't know, depression, um, fights with your mom, like, argument, anyway, what, blah, blah, blah. But the questions that I got from you guys were all about physical pain. And um, so that was, that was a really, really good piece of awareness for me. And um, for all of you guys that are, so we're gonna talk about pain today. We're gonna talk about um, what it is and what's actually possible. And hi, Katarina, hi, Joy, hi, Maya, hi, Kinga, hi, Carolyn, hi, Shruti, hi, Martha, hi, Aurelia, hi, Marta. Um, if you guys wanna torture your friends with this show, share it and let's, let's invite them. Hi, Paula, hi, Dialina. Um, so let's talk about pain today. So I, um, many, many times when there's a topic like this that I don't, I'm gonna say I don't feel like I have a lot of cognitive information about, um, I will dive into a body of work called the reference materials. And that's a, that's like a 3,000 page, hi Dorothy, a 3,000 page tome where when Gary and Dane, who are the founders of Access Consciousness, rewrite the core classes, um, some of the material becomes less relevant to, to, to big groups of people, and so it goes into this resource called the Reference Materials. And um, I will many, many times, um, that's probably my necklace, move this. Hi. Um, I, will, I will go into the Reference Materials just to get more information. So. I have this, this much information on pain from the reference materials. I'm not gonna read all of it to you. You gotta go buy them. And to buy them, you have to take the classes. And if you wanna take a live class anywhere around the world with me, you can go to my website, crystaljoycrawford.com, and there's a big section on live classes and where I'm gonna be in the world. I'm traveling the entire globe this year. The only place I think I'm not going is Asia. So I'll be in Europe and India and Russia and the US and Canada. So anyway, go find a class. But um, blah, 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 blah thing. Okay, so here's what I wanna start with. Now, I want you to apply what I'm about to read to any kind of pain, emotional, physical, or otherwise, okay? As long as you believe pain is real, you must of necessity create pain in order to prove the rightness of your point of view. So this is the crazy thing about having a point of view. It doesn't matter what the fuck the point of view is. If you have the point of view and it's fixed and solid. Um, I saw your registration, Paula. That's so exciting. There's a high-pitched buzz in the stream. Okay, let me try something, you guys. I don't want you to suffer. Is that any better? Can you guys post and let me know if that's any better? Um, okay, 
So if you have any point of view, you have to prove it right. So if you have the point of view that um, money is hard, let's just take an easy one. If you have the point of view that money is hard, you, creating money is hard, you have to prove yourself right. That's better? Okay, good. Um, I hear a very annoying sound. Yeah, I hear some people saying yes and some people saying, oh, mm. that's better? Okay, cool. We're gonna go with that's better. I like that. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, if I need to do this episode again because of the sound, I will, y'all. Um, all right, cool. I'm gonna keep going, all right? So, point of views. Let's talk about point of views, okay? When you have one, you have to prove it. That's how point of views work. That is a lot of what we do in facilitation is we facilitate ourselves and other people if they're asking a question to discover their points of view. Because if you can discover the unconscious point of view that you're functioning from, the thing itself will change. You won't even have to go after the why or where it started or whose it was or any of that. All you have to discover is what point of view am I creating from that I'm not acknowledging. That's really, you could ask that one question, discover the point of view, make a different choice and, and all will be good. That's it, that's all it would take, right? But so when you have the point of view that pain is real, and here's the thing about pain, it's intense. It doesn't matter if it's physical pain or emotional pain. I was actually talking to my friend Maxine this morning. Um, she had, she, there's so much here, but like she had a 15 year period of her life where she was struggling with crippling fibromyalgia and met me and made some different choices. Her life started to change and then I got her into access bars and she started getting her bars run once a week and the fibromyalgia symptoms just all went away. But she had a long, 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 long time in her life where physical pain was an everyday companion. I had a long, long period of my life, like all my life, where emotional pain was a constant companion. I remember actually right before I found Access Consciousness that I had, I just labeled myself as a sad person. I was a sad person. I, I was like, I, I don't know how to be, I did not know how to be happy. And it's funny because we're doing this episode in March, it's National Happiness Month. <laughs> and forever, happiness was not a choice. That was not a choice. Happiness was something that happened to me sometimes, but most of the time didn't. And I actually got to the point when I was 36 years old, uh, married for the second time, where I was so done being unhappy that I was like this close to killing myself. And the only thing that stopped me was the thought of people trying to get my waterlogged dead body out of an iron tub down a narrow staircase. And as I mean, that sounds like shitty that that's what stopped me. I was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and I'd already figured it out. I had a plan. And um, then I looked at that and I was like, well, that, that's terrible <laughs> without laughing. And, but in that moment, I made a demand for something else. But that was like, I had so much, I didn't know how to be happy. I didn't know it was just a choice. And happiness doesn't feel like a choice when pain is your normal. And it doesn't matter if it's physical pain or emotional pain. When pain is your normal, happiness doesn't feel like a choice. Okay, fine. But so they're telling me it is a choice. So how do you get to happiness is a choice? How do you even, what's the bridge, right? Well, choice is the bridge, but let me read you a little bit more about pain. So as long as you believe pain is real, you must of necessity create it because you have to prove the rightness of your point of view. Now, 
I mean, God, we, I can, I'm going to do a pop-up call on this, actually. I'm going to do a class, The Possibility of Pain. Because I get there's so much here for so many of us, and, and whether it's physical or emotional. But proving the rightness of your point of view. Gary says, Gary Douglas says all the time, he's like, you guys would rather be right than be free. And forever I was like, no, I want to be free. And all of us do that. We're like, no, no, not me. I want to be free. I want to be free. Oh, yeah? Are you willing to... Um, are you willing to give up your points of view about pain? That would be freedom. Freedom would be no consideration at all. Freedom would be no limitation at all, including pain. Um, another person that, that struggles a lot with pain is my mom. And I just talked to her the other day and we had an epic conversation. I actually started to tell my whole email list about it and then I was like, okay, this is gonna take forever. But my mom is one of those people where when she calls or when you call her, um, she called me and I picked up the phone and I was like, hi, and she was like, hi, it's so good to hear from you. How are you? And I was, and for the first time, and I've been holding back on this forever because she suffers and I don't want to make her feel bad. For the first time, I just said, I am so good. I'm so happy because I am. I'm like, hi, Marion. Hi, Catherine. I, hi, Holly. Um, I am happy. And so she was celebrating with me and then I said, and how are you? And she's like, I'm terrible. You know, I have fibromyalgia and that means my depression is up 300% and I'm not sleeping. I, I, one of these antidepressants I think is an upper. And so she went down the list of why she's terrible. And at the very end of her list, she said, and that's why I'm not happy. And I just hugged her like energetically in my mind and I'm like, oh, sweetness. It isn't actually why she's not happy. She isn't choosing happy. And, and you could, if I was an arguing type and I wanted to fight for the rightness of my point of view, we could argue and you could say, yeah, but look at all her circumstances, right? Like, of course she can't choose to be happy. What are you talking about? But at the end of the day, everything is just a choice. Happiness is a choice. Sadness is a choice. And one of the things that How to Become Money Workbook talks about is if you were given the choice, you have a new choice in every 10 seconds. It's actually, you have a new choice in every microsecond, but let's do 10 seconds for a little bit of, okay, that's a new one. So if you have a new, so, so the, the way this goes is like, well, if I had 10 seconds to live the rest of my life, what would I choose? Okay, your time's up, your life's over. So if you had 10 seconds to live the rest of your life, what do you choose? Okay, your time's up, your life's over. So if you had 10 seconds to live the rest of your life, what do you choose? If you functioned from that tool all the time, you'd be so present, you would just choose. You would just choose and choose and choose from being present. But what we do instead, and you'd have no limitation because you could literally choose anything in that 10 seconds. You could choose to be limited, you could choose to be sad, you could choose to be happy, you could choose, and then you got a new 10 seconds, so fuck it. You chose to be sad in that last 10 seconds, you could just choose happy in this next 10 seconds, and then you could choose to be wealthy, and you could choose to be broke, and then you could choose to hate, and you could choose to love. You could just choose, because you choose, because you choose, and it would be moving so fast that you wouldn't have time to think about it or judge it, you would just choose. If you were truly functioning from, I have a new choice in every 10 seconds. But we don't function like that. Come on, do you function like that? I haven't for most of my life. It's still something I, I get to remind myself of all the time. That's one of the 10 keys to total freedom. Total freedom, right? Who wants total freedom when you could have pain? <laughs> and so as long as you believe pain is real, you have to of necessity create it. If you believe pain is real, you have to create it because you have to prove the rightness of your point of view. 
Um, how many of you have misapplied and misidentified intensity of any kind as pain? And everything that is times a godzillion will you destroy and uncreate it all? Right, wrong, good, bad, pod, pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And that crazy statement I just said is at, you can go find out about it at theclearingstatement.com. Um, pain is almost always an awareness you're not willing to have. I love that. Pain is almost always an awareness you're not willing to have. There's four questions to function from with anything. Most of us don't choose this until we're like 18 years into access consciousness and we've taken 82,000 advanced classes, but maybe you guys are faster than me. Um, four questions to function from. What is it? What can I do with it? Can I change it? Yes or no? Yes? Okay, how can I change it? That's it. Truly, if we just function from those four, you know, you notice that none of those questions are why? What the fuck? I don't understand. Help! You know, none of the, they have with them, when you are truly being them, they, they have with them an innate curiosity of like, well, what is this? See, the thing is like, once you label all over body intensity as fibromyalgia, you've labeled it, you've categorized it, you've put it in a box. Did you know, by the way, that I don't, I want to say all, but that, that, um, designations or I'm using the wrong words um, what is it when they they pinpoint a problem and they give it a name it's totally out of my head right now um, but those were actually created for psychiatrists for the pharmaceutical industry because if the thing had a name then you could create a drug for it but if it didn't have a name you really couldn't create a drug for it because it was just diagnosis thank you God that was nowhere in my mind there thank you um, so it was actually created these were created we lumped a bunch of symptoms together and we called them something and then we made a drug for it so once you lump a bunch of things together and you put a name on it you can no longer see past what you've called it it is that now it is that we've decided it's this and so therefore everything else has to come back and prove that decision as correct so once you've decided you have fibro, so I, and, and I know fibromyalgia can change because I've seen it with so many people. I know depression can change. I know anxiety can change. I know PTSD can change. I know cancer can change. I know all these things can change. And so what is the difference between the people's bodies who change things and the people's bodies who don't? Do, do these people have better bodies? Do they have better genetics? I mean, you could argue all of that, sure. Do these people, are these people just shitty luck? Like, is this just, so what is the difference? And when you look at the foundational difference, it is always the points of view creating their reality. It's interesting. I just saw on CNN today that Luke Perry died of a stroke, I think. I might be getting my facts wrong. But I remember seeing him in 90210 when I was growing up. I think we were all teenagers at the same time. And um, I remember noticing the depth of sadness in his eyes. Like, just... I, I didn't even have words for this at the time, but I remember it strikingly because when I saw the, the news uh, today, it didn't surprise me at all because there was already death in the energy of his eyes. And I couldn't explain that to anybody. I didn't talk to anybody about it. You know, I just, whatever, I noticed. So today when I found out he had died, it didn't surprise me. Oh, I have so many things I could tell you about. So 
Okay, so let me just sidetrack. So, okay, there, there's that end scene. Now, here's something, pain, 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 is the palest color of possibility that there is. Everything you've done to choose pain so that you can have the palest colors of possibility will you destroy and uncreate all that. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. It is the resistance to the intensity of the colors of possibility. You think that if it's intense, there must be something wrong. I have pain. We label it as pain. We don't call it intensity. It's pain. It's my pain. It's my fibromyalgia. It's my mother. These are my problems. I have my... All of it's ours, we claim it, we own it, we acknowledge it, we make it ours, we make it solid, we make it real, and we call it pain, and then we have no other choices available, and we have to prove it's right, and then we have to create more of it to prove we're right. So, two really great questions that you can start to ask is, one, is there anything I'm resisting, yes or no? And don't go into your head about it, just get your awareness, yes or no? Um, what's possible that I'm resisting? What's actually possible that I'm resisting? You know, what, is, what, what capacity do you have with your body and the earth, for example, that you have never looked at, never even been given information about? What capacity for healing does your body have that you've never looked at? We talk about in Access how 99% of every single thought, every single feeling, every single emotion, every single point of view, every single intensity is not yours. What if 99%? And this is one of those first things that you get introduced to when you start playing with the access tools. And it's one of those things that people forget all the time. Some of the easiest facilitation that, and, and one of the first places I go when I'm talking to somebody and they're like, blah, 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 thing and thing and thing, it's really sticking me, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, is I will ask, hey, is this yours? 100% <laughs> of the time it's not theirs, 100%. And that's why it will stick you because you're functioning from it and feeling it, buying it as yours, but it sticks you because it's like, because it's not yours. And the thing about when you get to an acknowledgement of what's true, the whole thing just goes Phew. Once you acknowledge something's not yours, it just goes Phew. So what are you holding on to as yours that isn't yours? And you know, it's, it's March, it's happiness month, baby. Like what would it even take to use who does this who does this belong to me or someone else aggressively like assertively for what reason do we leave that tool in the dust and just go down the rabbit trail of problems cuz it's fun to have problems it's fun to have pain it's like we just I don't know fitting in we fit we blend you know as opposed to creating for ourselves a space where we do have a different choice available so there's that so if there's a pain in your body, you want to ask, is this mine, someone else's, or something else's? Three questions. Is this mine, yes or no? Is this someone else's, yes or no? Or is this something else's? Many of us have, I'm reading from my laptop, by the way. Many of us have the ability to be connected to the earth. You pick up the pain and the energy that the earth requires and needs from us. The earth is being rather severely abused at this time. If you happen to be highly connected to the earth, you will feel intense amounts of pain in different parts of your body. Um, you feel the needs it has. You can just deliver to the earth whatever energy is being manifested in your body as pain. 
Our society has always taken from the earth and given nothing back. Um, you being more connected to the planet and more aware than other people may have an awareness of what the planet needs. Please give it to the earth. And so the way this works, you guys, and it's weird, but it works, is one, two, three. You just go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. I also ask like, hey, planet, do you need me on you? Like my left knee has been really intense these last probably months and I haven't been listening to it. And just last night I was like, I wonder what, I wonder what my knee is telling me. I wonder what information my knee is given giving me. Um, and Shannon O'Hara is doing a class, I think it's either on her website, anyway, you can check it out, um, about communion with the earth, restoring our communion with the earth, because we don't function from communion. We function from judgment and separation. So Marta's saying it works so quickly. I know so many people that use this, that it changes things for them. Now still, okay, so let's just say you've done a bunch of one, two, threes, you've gone out and you've taken a walk on the earth, you've put your feet on the earth, still there. It's still going, one of the things I do to change anything is I destroy and uncreate everything I've already decided, concluded, computed, DJCC, decided, judged, computed, or concluded, DJCCs. I pock and pod, which means I destroy and uncreate all of my DJCCs about what I've already decided this is. Because nine times out of 10, when something isn't changing, I've already fucking decided something about it. I've decided it's this or that's that, and I'm, I'm using the tools while already deciding something. So I will destroy and uncreate my DJCCs around it. And then I will ask, hi, Claudia, hi, Michael. Um, what is this? What can I do with it? Can I change it? And if so, how? And you just let awareness bubble up. Being the question allows awareness to bubble up. You won't necessarily get an answer or an awareness right away. It will, but it will start to change the energy. And you guys, I think this is the bigger conversation actually, is that we think we're solid. We think our bodies are solid. They're not, they're bundles of energy. We are space between a bunch of molecules. We, we think we're solid because we feel solid and therefore we are solid, but we're not actually solid. And if you were, if I, I've really been playing with this thing of like, what if 90, 99999999999% of everything isn't mine? I had a moment the other day where I was, um, I don't know what I was doing. Oh, I was going along in my day. I was super grateful. I was having a great time. I was talking to great people. Like there was no reason or, for anything to be weird. And it was actually great. And literally within a five minute period, my mood went from, amazing to like shitty. I was, I was just shitty. I was grumpy as fuck. Five minutes, probably a split second. And I couldn't pinpoint after in the grumpy period, I was looking at, I was like, I'm super fucking grumpy. Like what is, what's required? What do I need to, do I need, can someone ask me some questions, you know? And so I started chit chatting to a friend of mine, recounting this, what had occurred. And, um, I was like, I don't even know when this changed. And I started looking over the time period and there was one moment where I started doing another task and I was able to, in that moment, tap into a universe of frustration around this thing and it became mine. Just like that. Just like walking through a wall of smoke and all of a sudden you're coughing and you're in it and you're smoke laden, right? It was just like that. And 
I was like, truly, what if I were willing to know that nothing was mine? Like, I would have so much information all the time. If all my moods and all my feelings and all my thoughts and all my points of view, if, if I were willing to be total awareness with everything that was going on, I would know where the whole world was functioning from all the time because I pick it all up. But because I make it mine, I don't have that power and ability. I mean, I have it, but I'm using it against me because I've made all that stuff that I think is mine, mine. But it's not, but it, it's mine now, and so therefore I'm limited. This intensity in my body, of course that's mine. It's been in my body, I can feel it, that's my knee, right? Is it? I mean, and I'm not talking about a fucking philosophical conversation. I'm talking about a totally different point of view where you actually choose to start looking at the world, including your world, as not real. It's only real if you make it real. The same person, I remember actually having this epiphany one day where there's five of us in my family. Um, there's somebody on this live who has a much bigger family than mine, 11. But um, five of us in our family. And one of the things that used to sort of like stagger me, like just, Jesus, this is so weird is that we all went through, we had, we had the same parents, we basically had the same rearing, and every single one of us, all five of us, had a completely different take on our childhood, on what occurred, on our mom, on our dad, and we were choosing completely different things with our lives, all of us. There was no similarities. And I remember, I remember in my 20s kind of musing on that, like, how is that even possible? And I didn't have the information at the time that your point of view creates your reality. But every single one of us growing up in that same set of circumstances came out with a different point of view. Chose a different one. And they chose a totally different way to create their life. All of us did. That's what we do all the time. You could put two of us in the same room with the same set of circumstances and the same tools and we would create something totally different. One of us would sit down and, and lament that they didn't have all the right tools to do what they wanted to do, and the other one would go, well, what do I have? And they would just start building something with what was available. Same things, same circumstances. So then that, that, that shows you something. Like, well, so it isn't really about the availability of resources. Not really, because we, we live on an abundant planet. I was watching this really, really amazing, beautiful movie on Netflix called The Boy Who Captured the Wind. And um, it's a, it's, it makes you cry. It's about a, um, it's set in Africa, I think in 2007, right around that time, in a village in Malawi. I might be getting some of the facts mixed up, but I can just remember the people. And um, they... There was a lot of things going on. There were a lot of circumstances. A lot of things, right? Like, this is where all of life can come to you with ease, joy, and glory, or all of life can beat you up and be pain, suffering, and gory. So there was, you know, they, they had government, the government was selling the trees off of their land. So as they were selling the trees and the trees were disappearing, the farmland was drying up because there was more wind and not enough trees and root systems to like hold the moisture. Um, also, when you destroy big tracts of trees, this is just on the aside, it, it actually changes the ecosystem because the trees are part of generating the rain and generating, it's a whole thing. Like, the earth is not separate from itself. So, anyway, so their land was drying up and uh, their, the one year's 
crop, the, the, that year's crop was super, super small. And it just so happened that the government, their government also that year had sold the grain stores to a whole other country. And so there was no grain stores. So what happened in this village was that hunger set in and, and people started stealing each other's food and this family's food got stolen and, and they were basically down to like, what the fuck do we do? And it was so cool to watch the story where the dad fell into despair and just working as hard as he could to try to fix it, as hard as he could doing the things that he knew. And the little son had just a different point of view and started looking for, he just saw things different, different things occurred to him. And one of the things he saw was this little motor on this guy's bike that when the wheel spun, generated electricity and turn the light on and uh, he went to the library and he saw a book on energy and, and windmills and so he got this idea to connect to basically to create a wind farm a one windmill farm that would be generate because because their land had tons of wind that's what he kept noticing is like there's so much wind around here we don't have water well we have water in the ground but we've got wind how do we what's possible so this kid ended up building a, a windmill powered by the, with the little thing from the bike that then sent electricity down into a pump that pulled water up from the ground and they were able to do two harvests that year and they didn't starve. But that was created from what, what can we actually do? If you looked at their circumstances, like it's bleak, right? Bro poverty stricken, dirt floors, um, fields that are just blowing away because they're completely dried out. Um, I mean, what does your life look like right now? <laughs> is that, I mean, is, is, that a, is that a picture of your life? And you've got one kid who's going, well, but how do we do this? How can we do this? And out of that question came a totally different creation that had never been there before. And that is what's actually available to you all the time. And it doesn't matter what it is that's going on with you. It doesn't matter. Hi, Natalie. It doesn't matter. You could argue that your situation is different and greater and more painful, and that would be fine, and you could hold on to that. And I would just invite you to go, okay, cool. Well, hey, if you ever want a question or you'd ever like a different choice, just let me know. I can contribute something. But you may also be in a place where you're like, yeah, I think I'm bored. I think I'm like all this pain, emotional pain, physical pain. I need this to change. So what does that take? What choice would I have to make for this to be different? And what capacity and just start seeking what you know has to be available. You're not just a seeker, you're a finder and you're not pathetic. You're powerful. I'll never buy it. And you don't have to believe that to just start choosing it. So what capacities do you have that you haven't yet acknowledged with your body and for change and for choice? And if you were willing to um, have a different point of view, what could it be? If you got anything out of this, I'd be so grateful if you'd share it. And I will see you around the world and hopefully I get to hug you somewhere. Check out, um, if you're looking for a live class with me, I'm everywhere this year. So go to my website, crystaljoycrawford.com. Um, check out the live classes there. We're gonna be posting so many more. 
And um, if you want and love to host, we are now booking for 2020. Just get in touch. All right, I adore you. See you soon.